1: In my new book, with Mark Tim, mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com.
2: Welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be interviewing Matthew Dolman, a nationally recognized advocate for injury victims and a relentless litigator. Matthew, thanks so
1: much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.
2: Our pleasure. Special shout out to financial advisor, Bob Lehman, who introduced us. We greatly appreciate the introduction. Um, Matt, let's go back in time a little bit. What inspired you to become an attorney in the first place?
1: I wish I had more of an altruistic story. I mean, I don't have a whole long altruistic story. I mean, my father was in a pretty bad car accident when I was younger, and I could sit here and tell you that was my motivation and pretend to be John Morgan on one of his commercials where he talks about his disabled brother, and that's what motivated him to be the guy that he is. And I don't know if I buy that, and um, not necessarily the truth either. I always wanted to be the champion for the little guy, though, and um, I feel like the insurance companies are—it's like David versus Goliath. They have unlimited resources. Ninety-nine percent of lawyers do not litigate their cases, let alone take cases to trial. So you could be the world's worst trial lawyer—not saying that I am—but you still be better than ninety-nine percent of your peers who never have been in a courtroom or bothered to litigate the cases. And most law firms are nothing more than settlement mills. They simply just churn, burn through volume of cases, and uh. They got to settle a certain amount of cases every month to pay for their advertising.
2: That makes a lot of sense. And then how did you, I know you talked about wanting to fight for the little guy. There's obviously many different ways to do that. Mm-hmm. How did you land on personal injury as a specialization?
1: Um, It was in law school. You know, I was interested in the law and um, it was during my second year and uh, it was a course called torts and it's, it's basically civil wrongs and the remedies for such when I realized that the individuals out there, the insurance companies will always be solvent, first off. So is that, and this is where it takes you away from the altruistic. From a financial motive, there's somebody to always go after and the insurance companies will always be in business and will always be able to pay out their claims. So at least most of them, the All-States, the State Farms, the Geico's, they're not going anywhere. And they're going to continue to screw over the little guy. And I remember watching, it was an Anderson Cooper special. I want to say it was Anderson Cooper. It could be Wolf Blitzer. They both have white hair. Who knows? There was a special about All-State Um, delaying, denying, and defending pretty much all their claims the 3Ds and how they treat minor impact soft tissue claims like a joke. And these individuals have lifelong, you know, life-altering injuries. Many of them are soft tissue in nature, but it really destroys their quality of life. And they're just stroking checks for $1,500 and lawyers are selling these cases. And I'm like, that's just, that's unfair. If you uh, are willing to fight the fight and at least insurance companies hate spending money, I will set the proposition that it's going to be a lot more expensive to fight me rather than just pay the claim out. And we've had a lot of success.
2: Oh, that is awesome. So what do you think are some of the biggest mistakes people make when it
1: comes to you know, personal injury and handling it? Um, and well, before even getting to handling it, it's just uh, jumping in and hiring an attorney based off like a television commercial, radio spot. The guy you're seeing on a television commercial who's telling you he's got the biggest law firm in the world and this, that, and the other, it's unlikely you're going to get him to represent you on your case. The good chances he might not even represent anyone on cases. He might just be a figurehead for the law firm. That's a lot of these guys out there. But worse yet is that they have so much volume every single month. They got to settle a good amount of that in order to keep that TV commercial on there. Where, the you know, I wouldn't call myself a little guy. We have a boutique firm. We have nine lawyers. Um, and for a personal injury firm, it's actually pretty big. But we're not the behemoth like a Morgan & Morgan is. Or, you know, in New York, people are each, you know, you're in Buffalo. Salino & Barnes is the firm that has you know, I think it was a six, 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 if that's a number. And they're at any point are handling 10,000 cases. You know, you can get an attorney like myself on their cell phone. You can, uh, I respond to emails. I actually litigate cases. Insurance carriers know who we are. All that, all those jingles and all that jazz doesn't really add up to much when you want to get your case resolved. Insurance companies are not spending extra money to pay out a claim because a certain lawyer appears on a TV commercial.
2: You are absolutely right. What you are a member of the Million Dollar Advocates Forum and the Million Dollar Advocated Forum. What are those?
1: It's actually the Million Dollar Advocates Forum and the Multi Million Dollar Advocates Forum. That's for all right. Uh,
2: Thank you for the correction. Oh
1: no worries. It's for settlements or verdicts in excess of one million and two million, respectively. So yeah, I joined that when I was uh, thirty, less than thirty years old. Twenty nine when that happened in two thousand six. So onward and upward since then. Uh, but you asked, I'm going back a second. What's the biggest mistake someone can make in the personal injury case? Well, it's not getting medical care. Um, a lot of claimants will wonder, you know, why is my settlement so low? Why is this such a poor offer in my case? And it's because you didn't show up to a doctor or you didn't have consistent medical treatment. It's one thing to have a subjective complaint. It's another thing to have objective medical documentation. The only way to do that is to show up to a doctor appointment, have your clinical presentation, the issues you present with, and then to have a diagnostic impression through an MRI or an X-ray that corroborates those findings. And there you go, you have a case we can start building. Absent that, it's just your complaint, and the insurance company doesn't put a whole lot of weight on that because at the end of the day, there. It's insurance is risk management, and they're just worried about what is the risk that they have to manage if this case goes into litigation. If you don't have any evidence to put up that you're actually injured, and it's minimal. It's none.
2: That makes a lot of sense. You've also been, um, you've also been in the selected as a 2020 Florida Legal Elite, along mm-hmm. with numerous other accolades. How are you achieving such recognition? I mean, you're a relatively young guy.
1: Um, you know, some of these awards are misleading. Some of these awards you can actually buy and pay for. And that's going to be very honest. It's one of the secrets in the legal industry. Some of the awards like Legal Elite and Super Lawyer are a little bit more real. Um, so we have a combination of both of those because once you get an award, everybody wants to send you an award. Remember, who doesn't want an award? Um, which is another industry to get into. It's almost recession proof. But we're talking about today how to get these awards and how to get recognition, just litigating cases doing a good job for my clients. Um, The majority of our business comes from word of mouth, from very satisfied former and current clients. And it gets around. Insurance defense lawyers know that we are at least an honest, ethical law firm. Um, We're above board, we deal with them. They're they're adversaries, but we try to work with them to get the case resolved until it becomes unfeasible or they're just unreasonable. And then we just, we have to go to war. But uh, defense lawyers will tell you, we treat them the same way we wanna be treated ourselves.
2: That makes a lot of sense. You've also been named the top 100 trial lawyers by national trial lawyers, and you've been in the 40 under 40 as is, is well and have a perfect score on avo.com. Mm-hmm. How, how are you achieving such amazing results? I know you talked about not settling, but how do you do that on and maintain that excellence on a daily basis?
1: Again, if you're willing to uh, actually be a real lawyer, and uh litigate your cases where insurance companies are getting unreasonable offers and if insurance companies did the right thing on a normal basis i wouldn't have my job so most lawyers i know most pi lawyers are on the golf course at two o'clock in the afternoon they're showing up 11 o'clock in the morning they're just saying their case to another lawyer to go litigate the case if it even needs to be litigated they're leaving the money on the table they'll have billboard to say you know johnny whatever settled this case for x amount of dollars but you don't know how much money was actually left on the table which is why there's are misleading It's just going in and doing a good job every single day, working my butt off and not leaving money at the table. Eventually it gets around and you build a reputation off of that. You build a reputation off every last case. So if you start selling cases for pennies on a dollar, it gets out to the insurance carriers. And they all all talk to each other.
2: I did not know that. That makes makes a lot of sense. What are you finding is the biggest challenge in getting the word out? Because obviously you've got some differentiating factors. How do you communicate that to the marketplace?
1: and it's tough. So reputation always precedes reality. And that's why a lot of times the, the puffery and the jazz and having those catchy jingles and TV commercials gets out there and that's how you build your name. Um, what I've tried to do is just good work over the years and word of mouth. And that's how I try to spread it to the community. Now, it's tough to scale a business off of that. And we've had to obviously do some advertising as well, but we're not predominantly a television law firm. We have a few billboards. We send out a lot of mailing to other lawyers to refer us their biggest cases. Um, and a lot of physicians in the area know we do a good job and they refer us work. But for the most part, it's not mass media. It's mostly through our work.
2: How do you differentiate yourself then? I mean, I know you talked about your results, but for example, if you're competing against those giant law firms with the multi million dollar media buys, how do you stand out from the crowd? Yeah,
1: you know, I try to constantly put forth the message and I do, you know, through our website and um, wherever I possibly can that you're going to get me, you're going to get, uh, or if you get another fir- attorney at the firm, the managing partner gives you their cell phone number. That's me. You're also gonna get the cell phone number of the handling lawyer at the firm. So we stress quality over quantity. You know, We're focused on providing excellent client service. We wanna be the Ritz-Carlton of law firms. Are we? No, but it's something we aspire to. And I think our client service is as good as it gets in the personal injury field. Uh, most of these firms, you're never going to talk to a lawyer. You're gonna be dealing with a legal assistant. You're never gonna meet that lawyer.
0: That's the complaint
1: that we get. We we get hired after a a client terminates a relationship with one of those television law firms. They will tell us they never met the lawyer. Personal injury as a business
2: can be interesting to manage because you don't necessarily, if it's all, most of the work is on contingency, you don't know when you're getting paid. How do you manage that
1: as a business owner and entrepreneur? Keep enough cash on hand. First of all, obviously don't be greedy. Um, And if you, fund your lifestyle too aggressively or live beyond your means you don't have enough cash on hand to weather the storm so a lot of guys live like rock stars um they'll have big settlements and but in between those gigs they have nothing coming in you never want to make a decision on when when and where to settle a case based on your own personal financial circumstances so if you keep enough cash on hand that you can weather the storm and pay your bills you can be you know you can be patient in litigation which especially now with covid we used to have six to eight trials going at any one point simultaneously here in Clearwater Courthouse and Tampa would be like nine of them going at once. There's one going in each courthouse. So it's a glut of cases that are not being tried. And literally, that's you have to keep that money around for a rainy day. We have a credit line as well, and we try to use as little as possible, but that's what it's there for. It's to fund litigation.
2: And then you have achieved so much success. What's your biggest challenge now?
1: Um, to continue to grow the law firm, you know, we are continuing to evolve. What worries me going forward as a firm is that uh cars are being made safer you're seeing the rise of autonomous vehicles um and you have more lawyers coming out of law school than ever who don't have um we're not being hired there's not as big a demand for lawyers especially some of these bigger law firms and with hiring freezes you got more guys who are just hanging up their shingle who are not qualified to handle bigger cases but consumers are misled often and they're deceived and so if Less cases to go after, and more people competing for the less cases. We got to continue to evolve. So we're doing a lot more uh, plaintiff-oriented uh, other areas of law, including mass torts, defective products, um, and then a niche area that we handle is uh, sexual abuse cases against um, the archdiocese and medical facilities, summer camps, etc.
2: That makes a lot of sense. Your passion's obvious. What do you
1: like best about what you're doing? I enjoy coming to work every day. Um, I enjoy helping my clients out. You know, is every client fantastic? No, but are the vast majority of them in it for the right reason and they're good people. Yeah, mostly good, hardworking people. A lot of blue collar folks who are just getting taken advantage of by the insurance company. And what I love most about my job is the insurance industry is just full of scumbags. Sorry to use that word. And I'm sure they don't like me very much either. But we're not ambulance chasers. We're not a, a volume shop on t- you know television, radio. We're doing real work and um, helping people out. And I think I'm um, at least making a difference in their lives. You give advice every day. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? You know, I don't always follow my the advice, which I think is the best advice is uh, if you're growing your business, only you only want to scale up and, and really add more people when you're stretched thin at the walls. You know, it's a luxury to have more employees. And it's great. And it looks like you have this big firm. But the more people you hire, the less money you make at the end of the year, unless there's a real need to have them. Um... So, I mean, that's part of the sage advice I've been given by some of my mentors is, you know, hire slowly, fire fast. You know, you've heard that term before and there's even a book written about that. You want to be very careful who you hire and the hiring process is so very important because when you have to replace an individual, there's a there's a setback and there's no metric for that, but you have a setback sometimes of six months before that individual is caught up to speed in that position.
2: Yeah, quick legal disclaimer, you are in the state of Florida. So anything we're talking about is relevant to the state of Florida. For those of you folks watching or listening who aren't in Florida, seek legal counsel that is licensed yes. anywhere.
1: I've been very careful not to give any specific advice to, even in Florida, this is not legal advice. I'm just more talking about marketing and what has worked for us.
2: Yes. I'm trying not to ask you any
1: specific legal course, questions. Across the board, just be careful. And there's some good guys that advertise television 2 and radio. I don't want to make one snapshot generalization. I think that consumers would be wise to research a lawyer or a law firm and just learn more about that attorney through uh, former current clients reviews and been keep, be careful of that. A lot of individuals buy reviews. You just got to really do a full research on that individual, meet that individual, ask them what their, what's their experience. Have you tried a case before a jury? How many, how many cases have you handled that are similar to my type of case?
2: That makes a lot of sense for our folks watching and listening who might be in Florida, where is the best place for them to go to learn
1: more about you? Sure. It's uh, www.dlikeanddavid, olmandolmanlaw.com. Awesome. What else do you want to share that I didn't
2: think to ask you yet?
1: These ears are real, they're natural. Um, I'm 5'8. I like long walks on the beach. Uh, Whatever you want to, I'm here for whatever you want. Uh, There's not much else. I'm pretty much an open book. I'm happily married.
2: Um, I, I know you've got a pension for giving back. Can you talk a little bit about your charity and pro bono
1: work? Um, charity work. I mean, we've been very uh, generous with our time. Um, I mean, during Thanksgiving, we give out turkeys to the homeless and, and the poor here in Clearwater and the Tampa Bay area. We've uh, assisted with the American Cancer Society, um, Cancer and Lymphomic Society, uh, March of Dimes. Um, so we've been pretty generous over the years in contributing to those organizations. We've also, uh, contributed to PETA, um, which goes both ways cause they're kind of a crazy organization. Some, some forms, but what they're doing, the overarching emphasis in their goal is pretty, is admirable. Um, but we don't have to get into some of the left-wing extreme things that they've sponsored over the years. But uh, we've tried to give back as best as we can.
2: Awesome. Well, we greatly appreciate your time. This has been Seth Green with Matthew Dolman. Matt, thanks so much for
1: joining us. Seth, thanks so much for having me.
2: Awesome. Special thank you to Bob Layman, Financial Advisor, for introducing us. Thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727 888 2100. Text PITCH